I was playing straight ahead with the guys who were like, I'm a jazz musician. And that was really appealing to me. I loved going bing, 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 bing. And that was a cool groove. And I, equally as much, I loved it with guys who were like, I'm a gospel musician. And this is all I do. I was like, I love going shing, ding, 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 ding. And I was like, wait a minute, that's almost the same thing. And I felt the same feeling that I felt in all these different styles of music. And I eventually realized, you know, maybe 16 or 15 or something. I was like, groove is groove, regardless <laughs> okay. of the style. Welcome back to the Pickup Music. Music Pod. We have a very special guest today, Mr. Corbin Jones. I am here. I don't know if I'm very special, but I am here. <laughs> Corbin, first of all, thank you so much for being here. It's been a pleasure hearing you play over the last week or so. We kind of go back. We played together a little bit in college. I know a little bit about your your background and things, but for those that might know, tell us a little bit about your background, the projects that you're currently involved with, and that kind of good stuff. Yeah, totally. I grew up in Colorado. I came to Los Angeles to do jazz school. I also play upright bass in uh, some cool projects in LA and New York doing jazz stuff. I also play tuba. I toured with Beyonce and Jay-Z on tuba. I play uh, baritone saxophone. And I've been getting to do some cool projects in town on Barry Sax. Um, I arrange for horns. I have my own big band. Yeah, I just, I just love performing groovy music or any kind of music that that people can connect to. That's what I do now. That's my favorite thing to do. Yes. Well, your sense of groove and time and feel is impeccable. I mean, uh, amongst other things of your other aspects of your playing that stand out. But that's what we're going to kind of focus on talking about today, right? Is is groove, how to improve your groove, the philosophy of groove. I don't know, you know, wh whatever we can, whatever we can get into. But one thing that I'm curious about as a guitar player, my understanding of how ba the drum and bass relationship, it's gotten a lot better in the course of, uh, you know, having you come in and some of these other bass players that we've been working with lately, right? Because pickups mostly been guitar channel. What is your philosophy when it comes to the sacred bass and drum relationship? I think someone told me that it was important, you know, like when I started playing bass, on one side of things, it's like I don't know, and I don't know otherwise. Like I was spoon-fed this propaganda that's like the bass and the drums, but then on the other side, it's like, oh, it really makes a lot of sense. And I think it could even be specific to the personality or the musical style of the bass player. And I even had a friend in college who was like, "You're always hanging out with the drummers." I was like, "You're always hanging out with the piano players." And she is an incredible artist, also very groovy. But I just know players who are uh, who prioritize maybe harmony or like all of the other aspects of music and for me it's like really people are not calling me to come and play like some amazing you know all the colors of the rainbow bass solo it's like I'm I'm here to like make things feel good and that was the part of music that really resonated with me and a lot of the teachers that I've had and I think the concept is simple the study is infinite, which is so cool. There's something always to work on for the rest of my life. You said the concept is simple. And I think that's what you mean, like people harp on it all the time and and this and that. But it's also a very deep topic. Like it's, it's simple, but then again, it's like there's so many different ways that you could either play with, well, you could play with a kick drum, but there's so many different ways that you could pl not play with the kick drum. Yeah, totally. It started off with even the drum set. And I'm learning what's the role of the bass drum, what's the role of the snare, what's the role of the hi-hat, what's the role of the different sizes of toms, like ride cymbal patterns, especially coming from a jazz music background. And then same thing goes for R&B styles. 
And then you can get into in the salsa music, like the the bass pattern lines up a lot with the conga pattern. And then you, you're, I have to learn the timbal pattern and the bongo pattern to be aware of what not to do. And then you get into playing like, are you right on the beat? Are you right ahead? Are you right behind? And when are you doing what? And when a drummer is playing ahead and you're playing a little bit behind, what does that feel like? And vice versa. It's the best. It's infinite. And, you know, it's like line up with the drummer. The concept is simple, but it's just like there's just so much stuff to learn. So if you if you had to kind of boil down this concept of groove, what would you say it means to you? Like regardless of style, is it listening? Is it a particular instrument? Is it a frequency? Or, or I don't. I'm just throwing out ideas. But that's really good. And I I had to come to terms with it earlier in life because I was playing straight ahead with the guys who were like, I'm a jazz musician, and that was really appealing to me. I loved going bing 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 bing, and that was a cool groove. And I, equally as much, I loved it with guys who were like, I'm a gospel musician, and this is all I do. I was like, I love going shing ding 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 ding, and I was like, wait a minute. That's almost the same thing. And I felt the same feeling that I felt in all these different styles of music. And I eventually realized, you know, maybe 16 or 15 or something. I was like, groove is groove, oh, regardless okay. of the style. I still don't know that I have the words for it, but I think what it is, is um, all, all of music, I guess. It's tension and release. Groove, this is what we feel when, we're, when something is groovy. A quarter note by itself I, I, I'm biased. I love quarter notes, but a quarter note by itself isn't necessarily groovy. A quarter note with now all of a sudden we're feeling something and it's the, it's the, what do you call that? The rub, like the groove, the thing that makes us move is the, is the rub, the, the subdivisions and all of the little in between. You said groove is tension and release. Dude, I think you just did it. You just boiled it down right there. <laughs> yeah, I need some Grammys. I need bars of gold. I'm done. That's pretty brilliant, bro. No, I, it, yeah. I guess it's kind of all of music, which makes it seem simple. But but yeah, it is. That's deep, huh? Yeah. Tension and release. Yeah. Okay. You know, we are a guitar channel, as I mentioned. Uh, what what are some things that guitarists in in your mind get wrong? Uh, not just with like playing the bass, right? There's the obvious things like oh, we we use a pick or we only use our thumb, which I'm guilty of that. But let's say like with groove specifically, if you feel like you're in the pocket, but there's a guitar player, but you're playing with a guitar player that's not in the pocket. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking of specifically funk, R&B, jazz, gospel realm. Those are the styles that I guess I've spent the most time in. In fact, I was doing a rock gig with a really good friend of mine um, back in Colorado in August. And I was like, I just... I have so much to learn, which is great, but there's just so much more to learn always. But specifically in what I'm thinking of as like, I don't know, more syncopated kind of styles of music, maybe it's like space. It's like note length. There's a space where I play and there's a space where I lay out. So she can play that note, he can play that note. And it's just when I'm playing that style of music, especially if there's another harmonic instrument, that's usually where I feel the the fault or whatever with the guitar player. It's like, you're trying to be the hero and it's like, really for this style of music, you have to become another drum. Yeah, I feel like especially in funk, like good funk guitar players, they get that because yeah. they're used to filling that role. Woo, right. Uh, but in other styles, you're right. It is more trying to fill up most of the space most of the time rather than like finding your space within 
both sonically and then also like on the grid, like you said. If you have a student and they're sitting in front of you, like what's something that you can tell them, some concrete things that they could walk away with on how to improve their, their Ooh, feel? Ooh, yeah. Okay, I'll start with the the nice answers and then get to the like sad answers. And then, <laughs> now I'm not about to say anything mean about anybody, but but there's just like a, there's a thing that I think a serious music student would go practice. And then there's like another reality that's kind of, tough to deal with. But anyway, for the most part, it's subdivision. So if you're like trying to get together whatever feel you're talking about, get into whatever the subdivision is. If it's straight ahead, really get into like the swung eighth note. And for me, it starts with the ride cymbal. If you're a guitar player and you're learning how to do whatever, the Freddie Green or any, whatever style of music, if you can get a stick I guess you don't even really need a ride cymbal, but play on a hard surface along with the recording that you like and see if you can figure out what the subdivision is, even in that specific song. And I think that starts to inform your big beats or whatever notes you're playing. Yeah, in general for the groove stuff, I'm like, okay, let's go like really do a deep dive and study what the subdivisions are. I was noticing this today when you were demonstrating something, you were tapping your foot your, your heel big time, but I could see all the subdivisions with your toe and your heel. Oh, get out. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. And I, so I was like, oh yeah, he's definitely like, yeah, like he's subdividing. Yeah. I don't it's, know if it was that fast, but it, it was something like that. <laughs> yeah. I've been reprimanded for making extraneous noises. And I think especially in LA, which is like a studio town, it's like- Oh, I didn't mean it as a bad thing no, at all. No, no, yeah. You were I, demonstrating, yeah, cause oh, we didn't I have see. a drum. So I you see. were like, you were hamming it up a bit. Yeah, but, I, but, but you yeah. also have to watch out for that too. It was like, I used to make a <clears throat> sound all the time. It's like, I had to work unconsciously not making that sound, even though that's how I felt the music. And I was gonna say the sad answer is, if that's not really clicking for a student, I try to get into just like, what do you like? Like what makes you dance? Like what makes you feel? Yeah. And a lot of times it's like, oh, now I have to be like embarrassed in, in public, like in front of my teacher. But if I, I would hope eventually, I mean, we kind of can do it with TikTok dances. Not everyone does the TikTok dances, but dance used to be such a big part of our culture. And it is still really a big part of some cultures. And that's just like, such a great starting place for how do I get something to feel? It's like, yeah, does it make you dance? If it does, I think you got an argument for that feels good. Yeah, I think that's a good point too. And I talk about this sometimes too in with private students is like good time doesn't, it's not the guitar or your pick. It has to come from inside first, right? So yeah, like if you don't feel comfortable like moving your body to music, then it's probably not gonna sound that good if you're, you know what I mean? So it doesn't mean that you have to be an amazing dancer, right? It's just that, like you're enjoying moving your body to it, right? I don't know. Dude, that's it. Wow, that's rad. Tell us a little bit about your projects too, like, cause, cause I know you have your own big band. I'm curious what that must be like to like to be in charge of a big band. Uh, I mean, it must be wild, like both in terms of uh, the management aspect, but then also what an amazing feeling it must be. Because do you also lead the big band too? Or I do, like man. I I and I think we've there. There are examples, at least in my world, like uh, John Clayton with the Clayton Hamilton or 
Charles Mingus with the Mingus Big Band. There are examples of people leading from the bass, but in general, we don't see the artist as the bass player. Right. So even like the first shows, I had to figure out, where am I going to stand? Because yeah. the bass player stands in the back of the band. And some of it is like, even, um, you know, logistically, I still leave my amp in the back of the band because that's where we hear, that's how I, the sound is. It's, it's Some of the things like that have been a challenge. Certainly the logistics have been a challenge. I'm not a very like, whatever, logistically minded person. So getting 22 people to show up on time, like I had to, you know, I mean, there were cats showing up before me. It was just like, there was a lot that I had to learn just to manage that amount of people. But the coolest part was, um, because there are 22 people and I don't know if everyone is supposed to get paid a hundred bucks, that's $2,200. So it's just like, because I can't afford to make it happen, it's not about the money, which is a really freeing place. At least for me, like I'm in a, a line of work where I love to play music, but I also have to play music to, you know, for it to buy diapers. So it's like to get to a place where we're back to that, I'm just playing because I love to play is really a special thing. And then also there are so many cool big bands out there. And I would say at least in LA, like 10 years ago, maybe you could name like one person under 40 who had a big band, but now there's like three or to five of us like around town and everyone's band is different and just finding my place in in even that scene like my identity as a big band arranger an arrangement is just like a remix so most of what we do is like holiday charts and i'll just take jingle bells and remixes so it's weird but i have to write out every little black dot for everyone in the band and there's five saxes four low brass four trumpets four singers and then rhythm section. I found my identity in doing this thing that was just an extension of what I do here. It's like, you know, now the low brass is the bass drum and the, you know, the, the guitar parts are the saxophones and the hi-hat part is the trumpets. It's like, I still ended up arranging very much in a, if you know, like Jerry Hay or like any of the horns on the Michael Jackson stuff where it's like, just like all this call and response, low, high, short, long type stuff. That's pretty much, you can go and recreate the Corbin Jones big band right now. That's pretty much all they do. Yeah, yeah right, dude. <laughs> I don't know. So that's one project. There's another project I'm in called Catalyst Collective. And there's eight of us, and I play tuba in that one. I play in a band called Sammy Miller and the Congregation, and that's more of a New Orleans, Duke Allington. And then I'm playing Barry in this band that's like 60 years old, the Pan-African People's Orchestra. And that's like, that's been in Los Angeles, founded by Horace Tapscott in the 70s. And um, it's been cool to approach music. Like, I think most of the time, I'm thinking of sounding great, like that's the the goal. It's like I have to show up and sound good or impress people or do something correctly. And the the point of this band, ninety percent of it is is to be yourself. You as a multi instrumentalist, you've picked up all these different instruments, not even from the same family. I saw some videos of you playing uh, Barry, and I was like, wait, what? I mean, tuba, okay, you know, maybe I could kind of see that. But what's your advice for uh, learning a new instrument? Basically, find all of the ways that they're the same and then find the ways that they're different. Yeah. Obviously they're different. If you spend, you start your practice session with like, oh my gosh, this is so different. It's just really discouraging. Um, so I, especially with having more than two instruments to maintain, I was just like, okay, what are the ways that these are the same? 
And it's like, okay, sweet. I can read the same etude book. I can read the same bass clef part for all of these. Like just, just removing some of the barriers, I think is a great way to start. If you're playing uh, whatever standard tuning guitar and you're picking up standard tuning bass, oh my gosh, they're the same except for two strings. Like start there, honestly, just. And then another thing that I found was find an instrument that's fun to play. I think that at first I was like, I need the best instrument. And then I was like, I can't, I can't like justify spending all this money on an instrument I don't even know how to play. And then I was getting something really cheap and actually just find something that feels fun to play. If that's slightly out of the range that you thought you were gonna pay, if it's worth it to you, and it has but been for me, it's like, just make it fun to play. Or the other thing was like, oh, I'm a real bass player, so I'm gonna set the action of the strings really high and I have to pull really hard to get a sound. It's like, if it feels fun to play and the action is low, just set it low, man, you know? And it's like, it's not, it's not worth whatever things that are out there that people are saying. It's like, make it fun to you and then you'll get into whatever you're supposed to be doing later. But those are the two big ones for me. It's like, I know how they're similar. Um, and then you can work on the things that are different. They're, they're all, there's going to be obvious differences. Yeah. Thank you so much again for joining us uh, with everything here at oh, Pickup. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And, Thanks for having uh, me. And yeah, it's really been a pleasure, man. Same, same. Yeah, I could hang here for hours. And not just because the couch is comfy. Thanks a lot for listening, everyone. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with your friends. Please uh, leave us a review. Thanks a lot for everybody that's been listening. It's been really great to see all and hear all the support from uh, all the community out there. So we appreciate it. Thanks, Corbin. Yeah, thanks, Corbin. All right. All right, see y'all. See y'all.